I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. Joining me today is Daniel Beam. He runs for Western New Mexico, formerly ran for Rio Rancho High School. He's got some high school PRs of 2 minutes in the 800, 429 in the 1600, 942 in the 32. He's got his college PR in the 10K as a 3428. And he's run, uh, last year he was part of the USATF Cross Country Nationals and made it into uh, made the team to go to the 2020 Pan Am Games. So uh, welcome. Th- thank you for joining me, Daniel. Yeah, it's an honor to be on. I, uh, you know, I've actually been looking forward to this, so it's real nice to be here. Awesome. I am pretty excited about it as well. I, um, when I first started kind of getting this idea and, and looking up some different people, and I had seen that you ran the cross-country nationals, it, it was... Um, I thought right away, I got to get this guy on. Yeah. <laughs> so to start off, how did you get into running? So I, uh, throughout school or just throughout my time, I'd always been in sports, but I was never really good at most of them. Like I wasn't really making any great teams. So then I think around middle school, I just kind of stopped because nothing was working out for me. No, like, sport was really, I don't know, you know, speaking to me. So then in high school, my parents were like, please, just go out for track. At least run or do something, because I'd been doing a lot of cycling at the time. My parents were like, you you should at least try, like, track and distance. So I was like, all right, I'll go out for track. So I go out for track my freshman year of high school, but... And I see the distance team and I see all the sprinters where all my friends are. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go be a sprinter. Like, why would I go do distance running? That sounds terrible. Like, just prolonged <laughs> periods of being putting my body through pain. I think not. So anyway, so I run my freshman year as a sprinter um, on JV. I was like, I wasn't even that great on JV. I was the B team four by one and four by four. So I was like, you know, not even the best on the second best. So, you know, sprinting was really not going great for me until um, I think it was JV Metros that year sprinting. I uh, I ran three 400s back to back. So the medley four, the four by four and the open four, not necessarily in that order. But each time I PR'd by each of them. So uh, Coach Gonzalez at Rio Rancho, he was like, you should go off across country because you just did all that in one day after not improving much over the whole season. He didn't say that, but you know, that's the gist. Yeah. So um, my sophomore year, I, uh, I, so I'm usually working up at a summer camp all summer. So I wasn't there for any of the summer practices. So I come in my sophomore year, like two days before they have the time trial to determine uh, where varsity and JV and everything like that is. Right. So I come in my sophomore year, run those two days, I run the time trial, and I get 13th overall, which is just good enough to, like, scrape by and get on the JV team. So, yeah. 
And wow. then from there, I just kind of kept on running. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I mean, one, I mean, obviously you've got, you've got some talent from it, uh, for it. And, you know, the other thing that stuck out and, and when I was looking up on miles split, New Mexico, you know, looking at some of your times and, and those things, I had noticed, I'd seen that you had run a hundred, um, on there and i was like wait did he start off as a sprinter like it just so you answered that question so that (laughs) sprinting times were nothing to write home about though yeah (laughs) i'm pretty sure my senior year i ran a four by four again and i ran two seconds faster than i ran any 400 in my sprint in my freshman year of sprinting (laughs) so yeah so you so you never uh wished that you had gone back and and stayed a sprinter then no i never wished but in high school i always joked about it with uh coach gonzalez we always joked about uh joked about putting me on the four by one just in case anyone got injured or anything like that but i don't know i'm still glad that i did sprinting especially because a lot of my running that i like or a lot of my racing that i do i rely on my kick and kind of my like my quick turnover and I, I feel like the sprinting definitely helped with that oh absolutely i think yeah. you're you're right on that it can definitely it gives you that confidence too of starting out like i was a sprinter mm-hmm. i should be able to be most of these other guys yeah yeah it definitely definitely helped them especially when i was first starting out and i was like man all these people are beating me in these longer distances, but I feel like I could take some of them in the shorter distance. <laughs> so what did that feel like then, you know, coming out of doing track, trying to be a sprinter and then like, all right, I'm going to give this cross country thing a go. And, you know, now all of a sudden you got to run three miles instead of just, you know, a lap around the track at most. It was definitely, um, you know, something else for me. Like I'd done, uh, like, I don't know, I'd always been active through most of my life because of my dad running a summer camp and I just would work up there and help out. So I did a lot of hiking and, you know, prolonged sports and like, uh, cycling. So I was used to like kind of being in that endurance, but just the running and like the pain on my body. Like I remember the first like few weeks of practice, I was just so sore constantly. I was just kind of walk around like, Oh, it's terrible but it was um it was definitely i think the part that i struggled most with when i was first starting out is just like mentally getting through all of the race yeah well i mean that is definitely like it's so easy and i think every coach says it and it it sounds almost cliche but you know it's it's so mental it's 90 percent mental and and this and that and and it is because you i mean anytime you're running you're racing I mean, even, even the mile to an extent, even at high school, but, you know, you just have these lapses where it's like, you're just kind of comfortable and it's your mind can wander and and you can just go off and all of a sudden you realize, oh yes, I'm in a race. Yeah, definitely had that happen a few times. Just, you know, well, sometimes like I'll find myself humming a song and then I'm like, oh wait, got to finish this race. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And and what was that transition like? How did you get from from JV to eventually into into varsity? Did that happen during cross country your your sophomore year? Did it take longer? So my sophomore year of cross country, I finished 
11th on the team overall. And it was a really good team that year. They got second at state. So, but top 10 lettered. So I was just like, just missed lettering for it. So I was on JV. And then during that whole winter break, I trained. Like I actually went out and started training like all, every day consistently. And then to track that season, I improved a bunch. Like from my sophomore PR being like a 1740 to my track two mile PR being a 1013 that sophomore year. So it was just like that huge jump, mostly because of that consistent training. And then from there, I just kind of, you know, always progressed with the training and everything. It was just putting in the constant miles and everything. Right. And I think, you know, I'm sure Coach Gonzalez told you the same thing. You know, consistency is is the key. I mean, that's half the battle of, of getting to it. Once you have that consistency down, then anything else can come after. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm, you know, I've never really struggled with getting up and going to run. The thing is, is like, I've always struggled with like getting in good recovery. So it's always like, when should I stop or maybe have a slower run? It's never, oh God, I have to go run. It's, oh, I'm getting to go run again. And then it's like, oh wait, I have to roll out after this. Oh, it takes so much time though. <laughs> yeah. And do you think part of that was like you talked about your dad having a camp and and you guys being so active? Do you think that was part of just that easiness? Like, I'm already used to getting up. Or I was going to do something anyway. Running is just what I'm doing now. Yeah, I mean, it definitely. I think it like that helped with it. But as I like came to love the sport more and more it was just you know it came so much more part of my routine and everything like some days even during my like off time i'll have to go and get in like two miles just to like be prepared for the rest of my day because it's that you know it's that uh necessary is that so much part of my routine at this point that like it's hard to break away (laughs) (laughs) and that's awesome it's just you know, I've talked to, to a lot of people and hearing that, that love of running and hearing that, like, you know, maybe they started off in another sport. Maybe it's not something, you know, they originally wanted to do. I mean, even, even Coach Sal, you know, I mean, he was doing it for conditioning for basketball and baseball to start off with. And to to hear that love come in after, you know, I can definitely hear that, that love of running right now in your voice. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's something that I've become very passionate about. Like, a lot of my teammates will, you know, they'll, I'll go off on a rant, like, you know, talking about all the professional runners or what's happening in the world running and what's, you know, coming out and everything. And they'll just be there, like, dude, we were just talking about, like, what, what meal we were going to go get after this run. And I was like, oh, my bad. I was zoned out. <laughs> like, I was just, <laughs> sometimes I just get in that. So it's, yeah, it's become so much of a passion at this point that, like, I can't really stray away from it. And it's just like, I find myself constantly checking up on what's going on in the world of running and like watching all the races, like during this quarantine, <laughs> I've almost, you know, went and gotten like, this is subscriptions to like mile split and stuff like that. Just to go back and watch races because, you know, there's not a lot of new content or new running coming out right now. Right. Although it is interesting with, with some of them, you know, some of the like, the Bowerman Track Club and and some of these other little races happening where they're just throwing them up on Instagram and 
they're almost more accessible now than than they have been in the past, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, it's it's been really great. I mean, this is like even for this being like kind of an off year of running, it's amazing like how much has happened. Just you know, the I feel like the original high point was Mohamed's twelve forty seven, but then you know later we now have a new five thousand meter world record. I thought that world record was solid for so much longer. So it's just right. been seeing all this new stuff happening. Right, you got the you got the five k five k record. The women's um, half marathon women's only record just fell. The one hour track record fell. Um, I think both men's and women's on that one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was. uh, Safan Hassan and Mo Fair. It's pretty impressive on both of their parts. Right, right. And it's just, you know, you, you, for myself, you know, it's easy to think like, you know, I go back and forth, like on one hand, wow, these, these athletes are doing these amazing things under these kind of conditions right now. And they've just upped themselves and, and took it as a challenge. Like I'm going to go after these things that maybe I normally wouldn't have, like the hour record, you know, is not something that a lot of people are going to go after just because there's so many other things happening. But on the other hand, it's like, man, what, we, what could we have seen at the Olympics with all of these people at at the level they're at right now. Oh yeah, definitely. It makes you it makes you wonder like, wow, if they're in this type of fitness right now, just you know, and more or less running time trials. Imagine if they were all like racing for that Olympic gold. You know, it'd be a crazy just to watch. Absolutely. And so, who are you? Like, you talked about you checking on on these different athletes, and you're you're seeing what they're doing, and. So who are you kind of following? Who's exciting you about the with the sport right now? Man, I mean, obviously Joshua Cheptegei going um, and doing that 5,000-meter world record, and then he's going after – or did he already go after – it's either coming up or it just happened, that 10,000-meter world record attempt. Right, that's uh, coming up October 7th, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. So he's definitely one of the guys I'm watching. I'm I'm always watching Josh Kerr just because, you know, he went to UNM, he trains in New Mexico, and then, you know, he's from Great Britain. So, uh, and since my mom's from Great Britain, it's always like a little tie back there. So another one of the pro athletes that I'm watching. And then from there, it's just an assortment of guys. But those are the ones that I always kind of like keep my eye out for. Like, obviously, um, Ellie Kipchoge versus Bekele in the Mar- in the London Marathon that's coming up will be just an amazing thing to view. Like, you know, it will be. I, I mean, some people have trouble sitting down for two hours and watching something like that, but I, I won't. <laughs> I feel like that will be a great race to watch. That is going to be, you know, that's something I, I was disappointed when the when the Olympics were canceled and that was one of the main things that was really in my head, like, Oh man, we're going to miss out on this. And then when it came out that they're both going to do London in this, um, kind of elite only race, it's, uh, it it is exciting. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, most definitely. Like just to see them go head to head after, you know, big Kayla was so close to that world record. And then Kipchoge's just so consistent and he broke two. So, you know, it's it's going to be something amazing to watch. Yeah. And hopefully the hype lives up to it. I, I think it will. But, 
Yeah. And it just the excitement that that they're bringing that some of these other athletes are are bringing to the sport and you know being able to watch these these people and and not only seeing how amazing they are but also able to see how you know like like Alephine uh Tillamuk, who you know won the Olympic trials for the women's side and and she's she's been very vocal very outspoken about you know she just needed time after she found out the olympics were canceled because it was it was devastating and and so she took that time and you know she's getting back into shape now and you know it's just very cool to be able to see that from uh, an elite athlete's perspective as well yeah definitely is just hearing and hearing like how they're all you know uh, a lot of other runners are putting on like podcasts during this time or, um, you know, I know that the Brooks beasts every now and then will go live on Instagram and do stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's all very fun to watch and keep up to date with. Absolutely. And so how is that kind of like, do you ever, do you ever find yourself like watching something like that or, you know, checking something you got, you, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. And then, you're going out on what's supposed to be an easy run and all of a sudden you're just so hyper from, from watching this, you know, these competitions or hearing about this or that. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely easily. Like when I remember when the 5,000 needle world record was broken, like the next day, the whole time I was thinking about it and I, but like I, I had to keep checking my watch to make sure I didn't like just start, you know, racing this aerobic run that I was doing or anything like that. So you know, it, it's it's easy to think about that and get caught up in it and just be like, oh, it's so great. And then just be like, oh, I've been going like 550 for this whole run. I, It's not supposed to be like this today. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, You know, so you you ended up after uh, Rio Rancho, you went down to, to Western New Mexico. What made you decide to to go there? Um, so I looked at multiple other places at the time. I I visited some others, and not all of them were equally interested as me in me as I was in them. So, but Weston I went to, and it was definitely it was more like a you know I just kind of got along with the guys right away, and it was also great because uh, David Abadaka, one of the guys who I used to race against when he was at Cleveland you know, a familiar face, me and him just like, you know, we're talking about all the races and stuff. So it was like, you know, it was great. You know, it was a great first impression, really. And from there, I was just like, all right, that's where I'll go, you know. Well, that's really cool. And and how welcoming, like, Coach Gonzalez is, is great, and he's easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, how has that transition been, you know, into college? Because I, I don't know, uh, your your college coach very well i think i've run into him once or twice but you know does it is is the coaching style different have you had to adapt to that it's it's definitely been a change from um, coach g's coaching style like you know it's uh, it's developing that relationship of being like comfortable enough to go talk to your coach about everything from like running to this and that because, um, you know, back in high school, me and Coach G, like, I would, he'd say something and I'd be like, yeah, but why are we doing this? Or why is this happening? And I, I questioned almost everything that he, he did. And, you know, he would say that everything that he said, I disagreed with. 
which, you know, wasn't necessarily true, of course, but <laughs> I definitely, I definitely gave him a hard time just, just because sometimes, but, um, so it's been, you know, different here, but I'm definitely still getting along with the coach and it's going fine. You know, I'm just getting adapted to the new style of training and everything, but it, you know, it's gone great for me so far. I mean, I ran pretty well for my freshman year. I was pretty happy with that. So. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, I mean, you, I think did, had a pretty good season and then ended up running again, the, USATF Cross Country Nationals. I want to touch on that, but do you want to talk about how how your season, how you felt your season went overall last year? Yeah, sure. No, so um, my freshman season, I thought it went pretty well. Um, it was, of course, you know, the step up to the eight k for me, which was interesting because it was it was crazy because I'd go through five kilometers and I'd be, oh man, I feel fine, and then five thousand and one meters I hit, and I'm like, oh. I can't do this anymore. It's gotten too long. And then right as I got comfortable with the 8K, a 10K comes up and I'm like, ah, 8,000 meters, I'm good. It's only two more kilometers. And then 8,001 meters comes around and I'm like, is this really the sport that I want to be doing? And then I finish the race. (laughs) But no, no, other than that adjustment, I thought it went fairly well i was you know in the top group of guys on the team um my best race was definitely making all conference which um was you know at our home course up here in silver city and so that was great i got 11th and i think yeah all conference is 15th so it was you know it was a really great time for me just collegiately and i was i gotta run with a lot of the guys it was also great having david on the team because you know someone i could really relate to because he's he was from cleveland and i was from rio so like me and him going um being the first two guys in that race that was really great for us like we would just we just kind of joked about it like uh rio rancho really representing <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah i was and then i had um one race where i went under 26 in the 8k and i was pretty happy with that i think you know i was only a little disappointed that it was only once of course but you know i think it's still adjusting and getting used to that type of distance and knowing when to make moves and everything so there was definitely a lot of room for improvement but from what i was you know used to and going into that i thought i did pretty well for that season awesome and you know, talking about that, you know, dipping under 26, you know, every course is so different. So, you know, it can be hard to compare times, but, you know, thinking back to, to the high school courses that you ran and, and the courses you run for, you know, in college, obviously there's the distance um, that's different, but do you find that the college courses tend to be a little flatter, a little faster, or are you seeing a nice variety of them? I mean, the regionals course was definitely harder in college because that, that 10K course, and then it was uphill down. That course was pretty hard. But on that, I think, you know, like the Rio Rancho course and the Piedra Vista courses from high school are still like – I don't, I haven't really raced a lot of college courses that are, that really make you go to the well like that, that are just like, oh, another hill, another different platform, like, oh, those ones are rough courses. So I think college has been a little bit flatter on the courses, 
for the most part. But with that extra distance, it like I don't think I'd want any harder of courses. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I mean that that Rio course. I mean, it just all not not just the the hills on it, and but the different terrain. I mean, going from you know, the grass starting line to dirt, to concrete, to sand, to grass again, to just, I mean, you're constantly not only shifting the the flat and, and up and down, but the terrain is just so varied on that course. Yeah, definitely. It was always a interesting course to run, just getting used to all the parts of it. But by my senior year, I was like, all right, I think I finally understand this course a little bit. Or well enough to run it decently. And and so what took you to to decide you were gonna do the USATF cross country championships last year? So after coming off a pretty good freshman season, uh in college, my uh coach compost, the coach here at Weston, told me he, he brought it up as like, you know. Hey, if you if you're still running right now, because it was a few a little bit after the end of you know after regionals, so it was like if you're still running right now, um, this is the USATF nationals is coming up, and you know you're young enough to go because there's an age limit for it. And he was like, and you know might as well try. Like if you're up to it, of course you got to drive out there and everything. So I. Uh, call my parents and I was like, what would you think about going out there with me and like watching me race and doing this? And they're always like, Oh yes, of course we all, we're all coming. We're all going to watch it. Um, but they couldn't all come to the nationals because a lot of them were busy. So it was just me and my dad and the rest of them were disappointed that it couldn't come. But yeah. So it was, um, coach compost who suggested it to me. And then my parents who were just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's go see it. Let's, you know, why not? Like, what do you have to lose? If you don't make it, you don't make it. If you do well, you do well, you know, no pressure. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And it was out in, in San Diego. And what was that? I mean, I'm sh- sure the weather was amazing. And what was the course like? That course was, it was all right. Now, in the college <laughs> courses, they might not be that rough, but what? The USATF course was rough, and it was, like, deceptively rough because it looks like just, you know, kind of flat grass the whole time. But there is no even footing at any point in that race. So no one can, you can't really, like, pick up speed. You're just kind of cruising. Like, you look at that course, and, you know, you see guys who were uh, – who are also in the junior championships with me who have run like sub 25s and things barely breaking like 20, you know, six or 27 on that course. It was like deceptively hard. And it was just such a sapping course that by the end of it, you were just like, Oh, I just, I need to sit down and not do anything. But you know, to everyone watching, it was like, why are they going so slow? It's flat. for the <laughs> most part, Cause it just looks like a big grass field with like two little Hills. And everyone running is like, this is terrible. I just want to go fast. And this is saying no. So. Uh, and did you, uh, did you watch any of the other races? Oh, yeah. 
my uh, my dad and my coach both got mad at me. Well, well, not mad, but they were both like, "You got to sit down and not like move around so much to watch these races because you know you got to race soon." Because I was like, you know, chasing everything around to go watch the race because you know I was just excited to be there. And um, so they were like, "You probably shouldn't be doing all this running around, like extra running before your race." But I was, I just wanted to go watch and the other races so yeah i definitely did and then once i was done i was you know much more mellowed out at that point but i was still watching the races frantically so yeah no it was a good time all around and it just sounds like like a fun experience i know um in the masters uh division uh coach mombadic who had coached um i'd coached under him over at sandia and uh, Coach Chakti from Eldorado had, were both in it on a team in there. And I had a buddy who I told him about it. He's like, he lives out there. He's like, well, I'm going to go check it out. And so he had gone, he watched a little bit, and then he had a nice, easy run. He ended up running a, a mile further than he planned on and uh, about 30 seconds faster than he planned on just because he, he was so hyped from from the energy of the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, it was it was really great. It was it was surprisingly like it wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be, but for you know its size, it was just you know it was some great energy and like everyone there was just so excited about the running and like what everything was going on. Like I didn't feel like I was the only person there like pointing out the pros and being like, oh, I know that you know I I remember when that person ran in college against that person or so and so. It was like everyone was there doing that, so it was it was just a great experience all around. That's really cool. And so obviously you you made it to the to the Pan Am game, Pan Am games through this and when did you know that you were you were in? So afterwards when we all finished the race they kind of take you and they're like so here's what it works um you know we just see who's available, who has all their paperwork in on time and like you know you have to have your passport with you. And then they go down the line of people who want to go or can go and everything like that, right? So they're like, we'll call you if, you know, to come back and fill everything out if you end up getting selected, right? And because I had finished ninth and they take the top six, I was like, all right, you know, I'm just going to go. I, I had a fine time. It's, you know, I'm going to go eat some nice food and just kind of relax. So the, all the races are done. I go. And I haven't eaten anything since, like, breakfast at this point. Like, we didn't really stock up on snacks. So I was like, oh, me and my dad are sitting there, like, waiting for this food to come. We are both so incredibly hungry at this point because we haven't eaten much. And um, <laughs> we, we get, I get a call, and it's like, hey, would you be able to come in? Uh, I forget what time it is at this point. They were, like, four. Come in at, before four to uh, fill out all the paperwork and, you know, go to the Pan Am cross-country cup. And we got that. I was like, uh, I mean, also we're eating lunch with my coach, my college coach, Coach Campos at the time. And, you know, we get that call and Coach Campos is like, just head over there now. And me and my dad are like, no, we're going to eat first. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were that hungry that this, we got this call to go and over And we were like, all right, I just need some food. I'm going to get over there and not be able to focus or do anything. But yeah, I just, I just remember like, cause I had kind of known that you could be selected for it going into it, but I didn't really, 
I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just thinking, hey, one more race, you know, just go out in San Diego, have a nice time. Like, you know, I wasn't really thinking about going past that. I was just in the moment. So when they called me and they were like, hey, you know, can you do it? I was like, yeah, of course. What? I'll be over there soon. But first I'm eating lunch. Yeah. Uh, what did you have for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I think I had like fish tacos, something they were really good. I, they just, they might not have actually been that good, but I was so hungry at that point. It didn't matter what it was in front of me. I was going to eat it. So like I wolf down these fish tacos and then we drive straight back and we get there, you know, real quick and then just answer everything, fill everything out. And they're like, all right, you're all good to go. And yeah, that was the, I think, like the last person to make the team. Yeah, that's what it, yeah, definitely, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. And, and then they were, they were held in uh, Canada, correct? Yeah, it was held um, in Victoria, Canada, which, you know, when they said that, I was like, oh boy, it's going to be cold. I think at the time I was thinking like, you know, it's going to be like February up in Canada. It's going to be cold. And I remember after like, you know, we travel and it on the day on the days that it's happening, we're there. It was warmer there than it was in New Mexico. And I was like, what's what's going on here? Like, I don't need all these layers. <laughs> I just remember it was really nice weather the whole time I was up there. And I was so surprised that like Canada in the middle of February was just beautiful. And New Mexico was like cold and windy. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, what was that course like? That is the hardest course I've ever run flat out. There is no course that, you know, I, I don't think there's a course I could even think of to rival it because not only is that course uneven, but you start off and you're going, you do a little uphill and then you do this big downhill and it's kind of downhill. And then you have this 200 meter long hill, which is, I think I almost crawled up at one point because you go (laughs) up the hill every loop and the loops are 2K loops. So, you know, you just hit this hill and it's just amazing because you watch some video footage of it and everyone's going at a decent pace when they're starting off and they hit this hill and it just looks like everyone from the top guys to the back. It's just like, it looks like you're walking up. It, It was that bad. Like, I just remember the last time going up it, I was like, I just have to get past this. It's just, just move up it. I probably wasn't, like, I think I almost saw someone, like, jogging up the hill, you know, with a camera, taking pictures and everything, going faster than me at that point. I was like, how? (laughs) But, and then it was, you know, it was grassy and muddy, and there were, um, we went through a sand pit and everything. But it was just, you know, such an uneven course, and know so much going on and so many hills that everyone's just sliding around like on the first lap i think we go through the first kilometer and one guy from canada just biffs it right in front of me like fully down in the mud and everyone had to like jump around him it was it was a rough course it was definitely it was a true cross-country course in the fact that you ran it for place not for time nobody setting any bad times on that course you'll just you go through that course just to get done but that's, I don't know. I've always thought of myself as more like strength than speed. So I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Like, even though it was such a rough course, I was like, 
yeah, I think that gave me the best chance possible. Like, if it was an easier course, I don't think I would have finished as well as I did. That's that's pretty amazing. That just it sounds it sounds like it would have been even more brutal had it been colder. But the fact that it was warmer probably made it, you know, just just that much easier. (laughs) Yeah, it made it it made it so you weren't freezing while on the line and then thinking about this course. It it was nice. But the, the problem with that is then once you're like three laps through and the sun's fully out, you're just there like, okay, actually drop the temperature a little bit. It's way too hot. There's all this mud. I just, I need something like a refreshing breeze. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what was your finishing place in that? Oh, I think um, 16th overall. I forget how big the field was. I just remember that the USA the USA team went 1 2 8 14th 16th and 18th that was our top 6 guys so like it was a front pack and then a second pack but i was pretty happy with it you know i just i ran and I, again i was just really enjoying it like i wasn't worried too much about the placing and everything i was just there like i'm going to have a good time you know it's a rare opportunity and I'm going to run my race. You know, I'm going to focus on what I'm doing and just get through it. Right. And you got a USA jersey out of it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, got a bunch of USA gear. I remember they um, they sent over the whole bag. It's like this big um, suitcase. It's a big suitcase that they send over with all the stuff. I remember I got a call from, my, uh, from Coach Compos, who picked it up for me from... Uh, the mail and he was like hey it just came in and i come into his office and there's this big box we open it up and then i was like oh it's probably you know just a bunch of little stuff in it no big suitcase in this box that's like almost like coming out of this box right and it's all the usa stuff and i was like oh my goodness like they just they really prepared like they gave us a parka and i was like I was like, oh man, is it going to be that cold in Canada? Never even use like a sweatshirt there, right? It was so nice the whole time. <laughs> but they really they had us prepared for all the weather from the gear that they gave us. That's, that's really cool. Uh, I mean, I, I, can't, I can only imagine how, how exciting it is just to get that, that USA gear, not just like, oh, I went to the store and picked this up, but I earned this. Like I get to represent USA and, and here's the proof. Yeah, it was, it was something that I was, I was just, you know, it kind of hit me in waves as it got closer to like everything, you know, to actually going to the race. I was like, Oh, I actually am going to like, this wasn't just something that someone told me was going to happen. And I'm just kind of going through like, it's, it's real. I'm not about to wake up or anything like that. So it was just, it was such a surreal, you know, moment for that long because I'm so used to watching the Olympics and seeing people in the USA gear and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. It would be nice to like wear something like that one day. And then it just, you know, they send the USA jersey, and I just remember being like, wow, it's it's here. Like I'm wearing the same type of jersey that like you know Matt Centrowitz was wearing in the Olympics. I mean, obviously not the exact same, but it's the right. general, yeah. That's pretty awesome. How many times have you just thrown it on just to be like, oh yeah, this is mine? 
I don't know. I've necessarily thrown on the jersey a bunch of times just to, just because. Um, but all the rest of the gear, like the shirts and the shorts that they sent, like I'm always just kind of like wearing it on, just because it's such nice stuff, and it's also you know it comes with a little bit of honor. Like yeah, I did earn this, you know, and it's conversation started. Like someone's like, oh, you're just wearing Team USA stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but not only that. I have to earn this. I didn't just go and you know pick it up from the store. <laughs> that's 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 pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to go back for a second. You know, obviously, you talked about being from your Rancho, having um, you know a couple of other guys on the team that ran for Cleveland. You know, I know uh, one of our former runners at Sandia is is down there now too. And we have to. You know, how, yep. Yeah. Cody. And how cool is it to be able, like, over the summer, being back in Albuquerque, Rio Rancho, and being able to just kind of meet up with guys from your team? It's it's always great. Like, um, the past few, you know, whenever I get the chance, I go and run with all the Rio Rancho guys. Because a lot of them, you know, still know me from the time that I was on the team and everything. So I'm always still out there <laughs> just having a good time. And some of my favorite times, you know, running with them over the summer. And it also gives me someone to train with. You know, it's – I definitely definitely probably spend too much time just, you know, going and being like, hey, guys, let's go on another run. And they're like, but we already ran today. I'm like, no, nah, it's a shakeout. Come on, another run. <laughs> but, no, it's always great to have people down there. And then, of course, you know – um, having guys from other teams who I just know are down there, like the Sandia guys, the past uh, few years we've ran with them, uh, like Connor and uh, Zach and Austin and a bunch of these other guys from Sandia, you know, including Cody, of course, we've been running with for a little bit now. So, you know, it's not only great to go back and see, you know, Rio Rancho, but to go see all the guys from other teams or the academy guys we'll sometimes see down there. Very rarely a Cleveland guy or two. You know, sometimes I drag David out to come run with me. (laughs) (laughs) So how, you know, in high school, things can get, you know, obviously a little bit more competitive between between people. But, you know, it sounds like you got a group that you've kind of, you guys are all just kind of friendly with each other. Like, all right, we're all runners. We can we can join up. We can talk. We can chat and just kind of have fun. Yeah, I think. If anything, like, you know, our hardest part as that group is like, okay, guys, we got to take this, like, this one seriously. We like, you know, but even then, we always find a way to, you know, have fun during it, which is just one of the greatest parts. Like, even when I was still in high school, we would just try and, like, whenever we'd pass a guy in a race, we'd, like, give him a little slap or something or a little and just be like, hey, pick it up, <laughs> you know, just to mess with him. It was always, you know, it was always, like, we were full of banter and just kind of general fun rather than like over competitiveness and like, Oh, I got to be on that next spot no matter what. It was like, no, I just got to run and have a good time. And then like, you know, the times and the placing and the scoring will come. Right. And, you know, obviously like I know a lot of the areas here that you would run at and, you know, the bus is nice and flat and I've, I've seen, cause I follow, um, Cody and a few of those other guys on Strava and so I like I see like oh okay they're just doing a nice easy long run out there and 
but how does that compare out to uh to silver city like what's what's the terrain like out there for your runs and and how's it compared to you know albuquerque rio rancho well i think silver city summed up by um my favorite thing which is when you just go and run on the football field in silver city you gain 300 feet of elevation (laughs) (laughs) that's at least what strava says but yeah it's just you don't do flat runs in silver city you um you say, all right, am I going uphill to start with or uphill on the way back? That's the question you ask yourself every day. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of hilly terrain, a lot more dirt, you know. Every time I go back to Rio Rancho and, like, or run in Albuquerque, I'm like, oh, finally some flat ground. I've missed this so much. Right, because you can easily do you're going north south you can you can pretty much find something that's going to be relatively flat maybe a few rolling hills but like you know again the bosque is pretty flat but the second you go east west then you're then you're hitting that bowl and you're going to be going uphill one way or the other yeah. and that's that's how, like a lot of our long runs we've been doing we've been uh, starting going out downhill and working our way back up you know of course and it just that, that can make some long runs really rough because if you're already not feeling great and then it's just, you know, five more miles uphill, it re- you just, you know, you got to strength your way through it rather than just having this nice flat that you can just zone out and just go on. So it's definitely something that I miss, but I honestly, like, you know, I think the heart of the terrain, like, if anything, it's beneficial. Like, if we need... If we need to run on somewhere flat, there are obviously places we can drive out to or we can find a track or something like that. But, you know, I think on that, just knowing how hard you need to go on all this rough terrain and everything like that and still being able to, like, keep everything controlled is what really makes it. And, of course, you know, extra hills aren't going to hurt you. So what does it matter? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, that's what the Kenyans are doing anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, talking about missing things, you know, Western doesn't doesn't have a, a track team, and I don't know, do they do they do club track? So yeah, I mean, obviously, I didn't get a experience because of the whole you know situation that we're in with the quarantines and everything like that, and all seasons being canceled early. So I didn't get an experience right. with the beautiful track. But from talking to the other guys, so what they do is they take the cross-country team and they'll go and run at races. Like, they'll go do 5,000s on a track. Or I think they went to the, uh, what is it? is it, Brian Clay meet. They go to that one sometimes. And they'll just race some guy. Like, the guys will race in the Western things, but they'll count as unattached. So we still do get a track season, but it's no, like, you know, with no finishing point. It's not like a conference championship or something like that to like, you know, cap it off. Right. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And, you know, again, kind of speaking of kind of the lockdowns and, and, you know, COVID and everything, how kind of frustrating was it over the summer being unsure of, of what the season was going to look like um, or if there was going to be a season coming into your sophomore year after kind of feeling pretty good about your freshman year. Yeah, it was a, one of the most difficult things was no, like planning my training, knowing what weeks, you know, 
I want to like really be building up and like kind of planning where I want to peak in the season. So it was rough getting the information from the NCAA about like it, whether or not they're going to have a season. So I'm like, all right, so I got to plan out, you know, if I want to peak in like October, November ish for like fitness, then, you know, what I'm doing right now, like I don't want to overtrain and I obviously don't want to undertrain, but that uncertainty really made it just like, me being like, all right, what should I do tomorrow? Uh, well, hopefully I'll have a season, so this will be beneficial. And if I don't have a season, doesn't matter. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, just the constant uncertainty was a little bit of a bothersome. But other than that, it's it's still running, so you know, never really struggled with that. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now, you know, you, you do know you're going to have some sort of a season, right? Yeah. We're, um, so the Lone Star Conference uh, kind of gave everyone more or less the green light. So it's going to, but it's going to be a very small, like all the meets are going to be very small, you know, no spectators, all the social distancing, but we're still having a conference championship, I think. So, you know, it's still, you still have something to look forward to. But it's kind of a nice year in it being like this because it's, you know, it's giving everyone this time to adjust like, all right, well, if I worked too hard and I don't have a great season, then it's, you know, not really one that's going to be looked at like too heavily. And if I do have a really good season, then that gets me even more prepared for the next season when hopefully everything's back to normal. So, you know, but it is nice to know that I'll have some chances to race just you know they might be in state so it won't be the fastest of times or the big competitions but it will you know racing is racing doesn't matter where right and i I had um coach devries on a couple of weeks ago from new mexico highlands and he he spoke about the small in-state uh season that that you guys are planning i think between highlands western and College of the Southwest down in Hobbs. And, you know, it just sounds interesting. It sounds kind of exciting to still be able to do it. And the part that he spoke about that really intrigued me was the fact that this isn't going to affect anyone's eligibility, which is kind of cool giving you that extra year without necessarily having to take a redshirt year. No, that was definitely a great thing. When, when I heard that, I was like, oh, really? Like you guys are serious about this? I don't. I feel like the NCAA is always a little, you know, kind of stingy when it can come to these things. So when they said, you know, we're given that year, I was I was really excited about that. I was like, oh, that's great, you know, getting this kind of free off, you know, free year. That's it's almost like a no pressure year for anybody. Everyone just gets to you know race and enjoy it without the worry of you know really big championships or anything like that. And then, of course, you know, knowing that it doesn't really count as a year of eligibility means that, you know, if if this season, for whatever reason, does go poorly, then you have an, you have one making it up. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Just it's it's a no pressure year. You get to train, you get to grow, you get to hopefully get better and, and learn some things and and just use that, you know, forward without you know again without it being a red shirt year without having to worry about i need to perform to get to the conference championships to get to nationals to to get to this to get to that yeah no it's definitely you know 
I'm sure the freshman guys probably want to, you know, do more of the bigger racing and everything like that, you know, just to really get excited about it. But it could be, it could be so much worse for freshman year of racing. Like this year, like no pressure, you know, you're just coming on the team and you just get to, you know, see how races work and get used to the higher distance and make all the mistakes this year rather than like a big year when it's going to really need to count. And, you know, you want a shot at making like, you know winning conference or you know going to nationals or anything like that right and well and i think also the the other factor is they get to kind of know what being a student in college is going to be like too without that extra pressure of of traveling or you know making the team or or things like that because it is like well you know, we get to race, we get to do this, and I'm excited for it, but it's not, it doesn't seem like it's going to be quite as all-consuming as it can be in, in other years. Almost, it's like a lightened workload for everyone, in a sense, you know, you don't have any, as much of that stress, you know, on your shoulders or anything, or as much to worry about. So yeah, I think it's going to be just a good year, like, I'm excited for it, I'm excited to see, you know, how this team kind of forms, and how everything and how the races end up working out with all the social distancing and stuff. Because, you know, if I'm trying to pass a person and then an official's like, uh, you're too close, you just got to wait it out. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? So, but it will be, it will be great to like view and, you know, also while having a relaxed time, just, you know, overall enjoying the season. You know, I wanted to ask something you'd mentioned it a couple of times before and it, you know, just clicked on me in, in, in with the racing again. I think you said a couple of the courses, you know, the especially at uh, USATF and then in, at the Pan Am Games, you had these 2K loops. And I've seen that, you know, at the professional level as well with, you know, cross-country championships and things like that. Do you like doing like those 2K loops or would you rather just do one big loop or, or out and back or something that you're not just running the same thing over and over. You know, thinking about that and just thinking about the cross country races that I run in like the past year, I think I take the loops, especially for the 8k and 10k because when races do, you know, switch it up and they'll have like, you know, a big loop or a small loop and stuff like that. It's just another thing to think about. But if you just have those 2k loops, it makes it easier. It's like track. You can just kind of, you know, think about almost like your lap splits in a sense, or, and it's easy to think how much you have done rather than, all right, I have a big lap and a small lap and then a medium lap. When did that come in? Here? <laughs> how many, how many, when do I finish? <laughs> that guy's finishing. Do I get to get the, is that where I go? But, you know, so I, I think I really like the 2K loops, but that's just me. I, you know, I've always been like trying to even pace things. So it makes that a lot easier just mentally as well. Just knowing that, all right, I just get through this loop and another one and another one and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, when you're training and, you know, whether high school collegiately and, you know, you're, you're preparing for those races and everything, what's your favorite workout to do? Um, for cross country, I think my favorite workout is a uh, long tempo. So, you know, four to six miles of just straight tempo running. 
it's just something I enjoy, like just going at that pace, you know, just hitting it right on, right on, right on. And just kind of having that nice steady flow while you're also not like, you know, you know, you're still moving. So that's one of my favorite workouts because it just, it really allows me to like get in the zone of like, you know, thinking about those longer races. So for cross country, that's my favorite one to do. For track, 12 400s is like, it's beautiful. It's my <laughs> thing I need in a workout because it's just long enough where, you know, I'm not like fully sprinting, but it's also just short enough where, you know, even if you have like 16 of them or 20 of them, it still doesn't feel that long overall. So, and of course, it's always nice to have that turnover in there. So I really feel like 12 to like 16 400s is just a beautiful workout. It's just so good. <laughs> I, I am not sure everybody would agree with you on that one, but it is a quality workout. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are people who like mile repeats and, you know, I respect their opinion. They can enjoy something that is equivalent to just torture, but, you know, that's just, <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> the, you know, this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed learning about you. I really enjoyed just talking about some of these amazing achievements by by some of these other people so this has been a lot of fun i appreciate your time you know i got one last question for you and uh, that is uh, what is your go-to song right now to kind of get you going get you moving get you you know ready for that run i don't think i necessarily have one song that is just you know that song no matter what gets me going gets me moving but Anytime I put on Graduation by Kanye, that whole album, or um, What Could Possibly Go Wrong by Dominic Fike, that just came out. Like, both of those albums, I don't know, they're not necessarily hype albums, but either way, they just, like, they get me excited for the rest of the day. So, yeah. Nice. They got a good rhythm to kind of help you out, maybe. Exactly. Something to hum while I'm, you know, running a 10K and not focusing on racing. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Um, well, like I said, thank you again. This this was a lot of fun, and you know, I'm I'm excited for this season for you, even even if it is shorter. And and I'm excited, more excited to to see what you do, you know, in the next several years um, with your career there at Western. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Thank you. Yeah, it's been great to be on. I really enjoyed my time. You know. It's a lot of fun just having some good banter and everything. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. If you can, please rate and review, but most importantly, spread the word so we can grow this community. If you know of any runners that deserve a shout out or should be interviewed, or you just want to share your runs and connect with other people, use the hashtag RunningNM on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow me at RunningNM on both these platforms. If you prefer to reach out by email, you can find me at RunningNewMexico at gmail.com. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud under DJ Teach. And until next time, keep running, New Mexico.